0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. The Holy Gospel according to Luke in the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. So after this, the Lord Jesus appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So go on your way. I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse No bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on that person, but if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking, whatever they provide, For the laborers deserve to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets And say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe away in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. If you've spent many time, much time around um, young kids, one phrase that you will eventually hear and maybe hear a lot is um, I can do it myself. I can do it all by myself, I can do it myself. It's usually not a question, like I can do it myself. But it is an adamant declaration of independence. I can do it myself. While preparing lunch, one wants to help spread the jelly on the bread, but help is not really what she wants. She wants the jar, and she wants the spoon, and she wants to be left alone. I can do it myself, but we also know that that would lead to a whole jar of jelly on the bread, and on the counter, and on the floor, and on the walls, and in hair, and also just eating jelly out of the jar. I can do it myself. Or putting, putting a puzzle together. He, he gets the pieces all in the right place, but they're in the wrong direction. He's jamming it into the spot, damaging the piece of the puzzle. You want to help him. I can do it myself, but it's a declaration of independence. And of course, it's not only toddlers who assert their desire to go it alone. One of the more challenging aspects of growing older is losing the ability to do some of the things that we used to be able to do with relative ease by ourselves. For most of life, thinking about driving to the grocery store, picking up a few things for the week, didn't require a second thought. But... There comes a time if we have the fortune to grow old that it may not be safe to drive ourselves. It's time to let others help us. And we may ourselves want to proclaim, but I can do it myself. A determination for independence. Independence, self-sufficiency, self-reliance. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. These are highly regarded qualities in our country. Tomorrow, we will celebrate our nation's Independence Day. In regards to our nation's right to self-governance, independence is to be celebrated, honored, protected. And if our, in our nation, independence reminds us of the weight and the cost of achieving the right of sovereignty and of maintaining it. And it should also remind us of the right of other nations to self-govern. In the DNA of our culture is the struggle for independence and rugged individualism. Rugged individualism, if, if you've not heard that phrase before, it's a phrase that was coined by President Herbert Hoover to describe the American frontier experience. That's when Americans pushed westward and the population expanded into the prairies and the deserts. For the last two weeks, I was on active duty with the Marines uh, of uh, Marine Wing Support Squadron 472. Uh, We were stationed in Salina, Kansas, which is that flat desert, not desert, that flat prairie country, which was once part of the American frontier. And just outside of Salina, you could find a landscape that still resembles probably those frontier days. And you can imagine how hard people worked to make that land inhabitable. People were so spread out that they couldn't rely on each other. They had to rely only on themselves and They struggled in isolation for a long time. President Hoover said many years later that it was a rugged individualism that enabled Americans to survive in those sparsely populated areas. Rugged individualism, Hoover said, is the enterprise through which our people have grown to unparalleled greatness. And Hoover was contrasting that to a system of government where people relied more on each other and the government. Forty years later, Dr. Martin Luther King said from where he saw it, there are actually two Americas. He said, one America is flowing with the milk of prosperity and the honey of equality, But there is another America where millions of people live in substandard housing, in inferior schools, in areas where they don't have clean water, and where environmental pollution makes them sick. Dr. King said, this country has socialism for the rich and rugged individualism for the poor. Meaning that sometimes it seems that only the poor are left to struggle on their own, while the rich grow richer, sharing their wealth from one generation to the next and benefiting from social programs. Dr. King said, probably the most critical problem in the other America is the economic problem. By the millions, people in the other America find themselves perishing on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. We only need to look at the facts, he says, and they tell us something tragic. He said, when there is massive unemployment in the black community, it's called a social problem. But when there is massive unemployment in the white community, it's called a depression. With the black man, he said, it's called welfare. With the whites, it's subsidies. You can take a look online at the lives of the rich and famous this very weekend and you will see the millionaires and the billionaires in their yachts and you might be fooled into thinking that it was through sheer grit and rugged individualism that the few reached such economic heights while the many lived modestly, mindful of every paycheck. The fact is that it is only holding on to wealth that is ruggedly individualistic but the accumulating of such an empire of wealth, it comes from the many. They did not pull themselves up by the bootstraps. You know what's funny about that saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Have you ever thought about, you know that saying, pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Just think about that for a second. Think about the physics of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. What's funny is that bootstraps are attached to boots which are on your feet. And if you pull on the bootstraps, you're only pulling yourself down. Not up. You can pull boots on by your bootstraps. But if you are trying to stand up by pulling on your own bootstraps, you're not going anywhere but down. Pull yourself up. You need something outside of yourself, something to grab a hold of, or maybe even somebody to grab a hold of to pull yourself up. The fact is, few can make it all on their own. What is worth celebrating in this country is not only our independence as a nation, but our interdependence as a people. The sermon title is not a misprint. It says, Happy Interdependence Day. Because what is amazing about the American story is that despite the evils which plague us, despite atrocities, despite division, our story is filled with communities that against great odds, drawing together, overcome and persevere and even flourish. We're told stories about the few who seem to make it on their own, but those are generally myths. The true great stories, the ones that we love, are not bootstrapped stories, but helping hand stories. Not stories of isolation and rugged individualism, but community building and interdependence. These Marines that I spent a couple of weeks with, one of the things I noticed about them that they celebrate is that they know that their greatest strength is not their weaponry. It is their intense bond. Their power is not in the toughness of a single Marine alone, but in their devotion to each other. In fact, devotion to each other is the story of the church. You know, after Hurricane Harvey devastated parts of Houston, Texas in 2017, the stories that came out of the Lone Star State were those of neighbors helping each other. No one celebrated rugged individualism then. It was the coming together in the streets each night to share food, to encourage each other. So many reported in the midst of that, that it was some of the best days of their lives, some of their best experiences as a neighborhood, even though they had just lost so much. I've heard other stories in, in, uh, of, of hurricane parties to take place in other parts of the country where they are hurricane-prone, and, and that is where uh, before a storm hits, people know that it's coming. They, they get all of the food out of their refrigerators and their freezers, and, and they come together, and they have a huge feast Because they know that the the storm will hit and the power will go out and they'll be without that electricity for a few days and all the food in their refrigerator would spoil. So they get together and they have this amazing party and, and they share about the past hurricanes they've survived and they love it, a hurricane party. What people share about in those times, it's not the devastation of the storms, but it is the great feeling of a community, the love of our interdependence. When Jesus went about his mission to build the church on earth, did he go it alone? By himself? Could he have? Sure. The lone, wandering, sojourning rabbi fixes the whole world all by himself. But what does he do? Immediately, he calls disciples. He calls a community to follow him. He invites people to join a beloved community. He didn't model independence. He taught us interdependence. When it was time for him to teach his disciples to carry on his mission, to build up the church on earth, he sent them out not as solitary individuals. He sent them in pairs, two by two. He sent them in pairs. He didn't tell them to be self-reliant, to figure it out on their own, to be strong and independent. No, he he told them, in fact, I, I want you to carry no purse. Don't take any money with you. Don't take a bag. Don't bring any extra clothes. Don't even pack sandals. He sent them without anything. He told them to depend on the kindness and the hospitality of those that they would meet. The whole premise of the Christian church is built on needing each other and allowing God to care for us through his people You'll know the kingdom has come near to you when you are called on to help someone, to offer support and hospitality. You'll know that you are entering the kingdom when you let someone give you a helping hand, when you receive their generosity with humility and gratitude. There may be two Americas, or probably even more than that, but there is only one church. And it is marked not by independence Not by rugged individualism, but it is marked by the cross, the symbol of our reliance on God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And it is marked by a table, the symbol of our coming together to feast and to be nourished as a community of God by God Himself. Interdependence is the great Christian virtue. That we need each other. That we need God. And that we wouldn't want it any other way. Jesus sent his disciples out vulnerable and reliant on the hospitality of those that they would meet. This is his plan for evangelism. For the sharing of the good news. He said when you go into a town, when you go into that town and you're hungry and your feet are broken and you've got no money, and you're dirty, and those people welcome you and they feed you, you cure their sick. You stay with them. You eat what they give you. And the kingdom of God has come near. If you get to town and they don't do that, if they don't open their doors to you who are hungry and tired, filled with the power of God, If they tell you you'd be better off figuring it out on your own, if they leave you to pull yourself down by your bootstraps, if they don't welcome you, then don't waste your time. They're focused on themselves. They're busy being self-reliant, rugged individuals. And so, thank you, thank you, thank you, Nicole. And so, he says, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Don't even carry the dust of that town with you. But know this, the kingdom of God also there did draw near. You just let it pass. You just let it pass you by. The kingdom of God is interdependent, when it comes near, you will know it when you are being cared for or caring for others. So on this Independence Day weekend, there is much to celebrate about our nation and much more work to be done. What we celebrate is the ways that people in this nation have drawn together and found strength and resilience through community, indigenous Americans who had so much to teach us about community with one another and community with God's creation, even as they suffered and died. Slaves who survived centuries of brutal torture by drawing together devoted to God and each other and the will to survive. The civil rights movement that shifted our nation forward through acts of solidarity and protest and cooperation communities that have drawn together after wars and natural disasters and mass shootings and terrorist attacks and droughts. Our American story is worth celebrating for the many individuals who step out of isolation and into community to overcome and to grow and to flourish and to serve and to help and to love. When we enable this kind of community, this kind of interdependence, we will know the kingdom of God is near. For as God said to the prophet Isaiah, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. In Jerusalem, which is to say in the community, as a people, together, you will be comforted. When you see this, your heart will rejoice your entire being, your entire community, not not just a few, not just individuals on their own, but your entire being will flourish like grass. May that be so. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to the Sermon Podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church, as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you, and you'll join us again. Until then, may God be with you.